0: So if y'all want to get crazy, we can get crazy. And now, it's time for Fat Dude Digs Flicks with your host, Andy the Fat Dude. Hello everyone and welcome to an all new episode of Fat Dude Digs Flicks. I am the resident Fat Dude, Andy, coming to you recorded from Sioux Falls, South Dakota, here in the mobile studio. That's right folks, it is Wednesday morning, I just got off of work, I am sitting in my car, it's time to record a podcast. And uh, I think what I want to do today is just kind of briefly... Uh, touch upon a few spoilers for the movie Us. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about a couple of movies uh, that I saw this week uh, that I've watched that are a bit older. They're on home video, and I think they are definitely worth your time. Uh, one of them is one of them is a little newer, uh, but talk about those two really quickly, and then I will segue into some thoughts about Us, and then just a couple of spoilery type things. Uh, so. Once I get to that point, uh, please do yourself a favor. If you have not seen us, do not, and you don't, you don't want the experience ruined for you. Uh, don't listen to it after that point, uh, because I will talk about the ending to us and go from there. Uh, but yeah, first I'd like to talk about a couple of movies that I watched this week. Now, as you know from following my stuff on Facebook. And Instagram. Uh, I spend a lot of time watching older movies, uh, and whenever, whatever I watch, I try and write reviews for them, uh, just to let people know, you know, what stuff is out there. And this week, <laughs> this week I watched like a really good handful of movies that I gave four tacos to. Uh, that's that's pretty good because I went I went through quite a streak there uh, where the movies got three or three and a half tacos. Uh, so it was kind of nice to hit a a good run of some movies that I thought were really good. Uh, the first one I want to talk about is from 1979. Uh, it was directed by Bob Fosse. It's called All That Jazz. Uh, this is a like. <laughs> It's weird because it's it's very semi autobiographical, uh, but it really deals with the death, like and how with death and how this main character kind of deals with death and his impending doom. Uh, that's a that's a big old spoiler alert for for all that jazz. But I think the thing about it is, even knowing how it ends. It's. it doesn't really take anything away from this movie. Um, Roy Scheider plays this kind of hard-drinking, hard-drug-using, womanizing uh, director. Like, he's a big, high highfalutin Broadway director. He's directed movies. And he is currently editing a film that he's working on uh, that deals with a stand-up comedian while he's also trying to mount this huge production. Now, this is very much based off of what... Um, uh, Bob Fosse was going through prior to the release of this film uh, he was working on editing the film Lenny, stars Dustin Hoffman it's one of my, it, it is honestly one of my favorite movies of all time uh, it is about stand-up comedian Lenny Bruce and his career and his his death uh, and then at the same time while he was editing that film he was working on a um Revival, that's the word, a revival of the Broadway musical Chicago, uh, that he was bringing to, uh, Broadway, to the, to the New York stage. Now, I didn't do enough research to see if maybe he went through, if he had a heart attack, uh, at the time of going through this experience, uh, but my guess would honestly be, yeah, he probably did, uh, and that's kind of what inspired him to, to, Write the story that is basically uh, kind of a flirtation with death, uh, and you know, trying to, you know, getting a warning that you know life is uh, precious and that life isn't always going to be there. And he is still trying to, you know, live live his life the way he did before he was sick, uh, without stopping, without pausing, without hesitating. And uh, you know, he learns pretty quickly <laughs> that. That's not really the way to go. Um, uh, Fosse would go on to live, you know, let's see, 79. I, I can't recall exactly off the top of my head. I don't remember how how late Fosse lived. But he went on to live a little bit longer. I think he died at the age of 60. Um, so this, you know, it wasn't... He, he didn't seem as young as Roy Scheider's character was in the film. Uh, but, yeah, it's a very crazy uh movie like really it is it just it touches upon some heavy themes but i think the way that it handles it is really interesting um there are some it cuts back and forth into like these kind of uh uh dreamy dance sequences and everything is on like scaffolding really cool staging this is like the second movie this year that i super loved that was that dealt with scaffolding and staging uh yeah this and the 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 Cook, The Thief, His Wife, and Her Lover was another really great movie. Uh, Yeah, I just I really loved this movie. Uh, I've owned it on on Criterion Blu-ray for many years, and I just never got around to watching it. And uh, it was part of a letterboxed scavenger hunt uh, to watch a movie from 1979. That was on the list of the best of that year, and I was like, yeah, now's the time. Now is the time to watch this, and I'm really glad I did, because I think, I think Roy Scheider really was a terribly underrated actor. Like, the man was in Jaws, which, of course, you know, that's one of the biggest blockbusters of all time. Uh, you know, so many people's favorite movie, and I think that's great. But, I mean, the man also did The French Connection, uh, 2010, and one of my favorites, he did Sorcerer, which, if you've never seen Sorcerer, it is this really badass adventure movie uh, about, like, trying to drive this truck full of, I think it's nitrogen, uh, through... Like terrible conditions. It's based off of an old French film called *The Wages of Fear*, uh, which I ha- which I also own, but I've never watched. But yeah, *Sorcerer* is fantastic, and so is all that jazz. Like, it really is just this amazing movie that I could not recommend anymore. So yeah, uh, I watched that this week, and I really loved it. Uh, I was able to watch last night, or a couple of nights ago. I watched the twenty seventeen, nope, twenty eighteen. What are we, what is this, 2019? Yeah, so the 2018 film, uh, Cold War, uh, from Pawel Pawlikowski. It's a Polish film about these two uh, people who meet in Poland. She is a singer, he is a music director, and they, you know, he's trying to find these musicians for his show. Uh, she kind of blows him away, and then the two have this, you know, romantic relationship. He tries to convince her to flee, like, flee Poland and go to France with him. She does not. <laughs> she, she refuses. Uh, but he still goes. And, uh, you know, I think he, he goes there with the intention of meeting her there, and she never shows up. Uh, but yet somehow their paths continue to cross over, like, the next decade or so. And, uh, each time they do, they, they, you know, they're, the flame reignites and they continue to, to have uh, trysts and affairs with each other. And they, they give it a go. And, you know, they're not always the best for each other. Uh, not by a long shot. And they just, there's a lot of, uh, you know, they they rat each other out. or they They're just, they're not very good for each other. Like, in the grand scheme of things. But yet, for some reason, when they are together, like, it really has this... Weird. It, it's still romantic, and I think that this movie is uh, really painful. Just a really like excruciating film uh, because of where their relationship ends up. I don't want to spoil it. Uh, I did. I wish we would have gone just a step further at the ending because it, it does feel like she says a line and then it ends really abruptly. Like where it's very clear what's happening and what's going to happen uh but i still wish i would have had like just a beat more just something something extra some little exclamation point at the end of the film but yeah cold war it's it's a beautifully shot movie uh if you if you're into foreign films uh i would highly recommend cold war it is now streaming on amazon prime uh if you are a prime member i would definitely watch it um it, it for me it made me even more frustrated with roma uh that roma was the big movie, the big foreign film this year, uh, especially with Cold War and Shoplifters and Burning. Like, Roma was the one that got all of the attention, all all of the awards, um, you know, recognition, but yeah, I feel like all three of these movies uh were vastly superior. So, yeah, that was uh Cold War, another strong recommendation. Uh and the last movie that I watched that I really really uh loved and uh would recommend uh is called Primer. Uh it is a 2004 kind of science fiction film. It is very smart, very brainy. Like the guy who made it, Shane Carruth, he was a I believe a math major, like an engineer and uh you know, then turn filmmaker. And he kind of refused to dumb down his script. He wanted to do this this uh, science fiction film that actually dealt with science, uh, and he didn't want to dumb it down so that you know it, it felt false. Uh, he wanted to make it seem as real to science people as possible. And yeah, so much of that movie flew right over my head, but I feel like the general concept of it was really interesting. Uh, it deals with time travel and time loops, and uh, you know what happens if we're we're we go back to a time, like, are we going to repeat the same pattern over again? Uh, it also deals with uh, the, the the central friendship of it and how these two characters, you know, are they able to maintain this friendship when they've found this thing that really is is pretty earth-changing and uh you know will this corrupt their friendship will this corrupt them will they still be able to be the same kind of honorable people uh, after they've made this discovery and yeah i really like this movie uh it was it's one that's been on my list for quite a while i went and I, I i did this thing that's all i'm gonna say for right now is i did this little project uh that shall be revealed at a later date um and somebody else who was there uh, strongly recommended Primer. And so I went ahead and picked it up. And, uh, man, I'm glad I did because I really enjoyed it. Uh, so, yeah, I would highly recommend all that jazz. The Criterion Blu-ray is still available. It's a fantastic release. Uh, Cold War on Amazon Prime. And Primer, which I believe you can probably stream anywhere. But also, you know, pick up that DVD or Blu-ray. I don't know if it's on Blu-ray. Pick up the DVD uh, if you see it somewhere. Uh, yeah. And that's going to lead us to, or I mean us, it's just me. I'm the only person here. Like I, sometimes I wonder if this podcast would be more engaging if I always had a guest or always had someone to talk to. Uh, Ryan, if you're listening to this, I probably want to do a Shazam podcast with you here in a couple of weeks. So if you listen to this, you let me know. And, uh, see, I'll probably, I'll contact you, <laughs> but yeah, it really is, it's just me sitting in my car trying to get these thoughts out of my brain uh, and, you know, out to you so that maybe you can, you know, give me your thoughts as far as these movies are concerned, uh, but yeah, I want to go ahead and move into uh, discussion of us, uh, I will kind of offer just my brief thoughts, non-spoilers. And then I will move into spoiler territory. Actually, no. (laughs) Let's, let's, let's. I'm not going to hold anything back. If you have not seen Us and you don't want it ruined for you, I would stop the podcast right now. Just know that I recommend Us. Uh, I have had this movie stuck in my brain for the last several days, and on the grand scheme of things, I really enjoyed it. I have my problems with it, I have some reservations with it. Um, But I, I think it's very good. I think if you. If you let it sit with you and you kind of dedicate that time to thinking about it and don't just you know gut react to it, let it sink in and and really you know really sit with you, I think you might enjoy it quite a bit. I totally can understand that there are problems with it. Like I, I really can. I think uh, you know the first two acts of it are super tense, uh, really engaging, and then the third act becomes a bit of an exposition dump, and it it gets a little. You know, because of that, you're kind of wrestling with the logic of it, but I feel like if you treat it as a more of an emotional piece of how it hits you and maybe the symbolism there, I think it'll resonate a little bit more, uh, but yeah, I've, I think there are some logical... Uh, Problems that the film might have uh, that I can totally understand people criticizing. Uh, so yeah, I'm going in. I'm going to spoil us. Spoilers for us starts now. You know how sometimes things line up. Yeah. You know, like coincidences. Since we've been here, they've been happening more and more. I think. It means, like, she's getting closer. Oh. The girl? Alright, so, we are now spoiling us. This is it. Last warning. You've been warned. Get out now. Alright, so we get to the end of us. And, uh, you know, turns out that this family, uh, this, the tethered, as they are called, are kind of like, a, a government... Experiment, um, and they have uh, started a rebellion, and have come after the people that they were their clones of. Uh, the film doesn't really—I mean, it—it it does this uh, very uh, Brian De Palma-esque camera work, where Red's face is in the foreground and Adelaide is in the background, and Red is. Basically, Bond villaining, uh, telling us everything about the plot uh, and filling in the blanks, but it still doesn't quite feel super detailed. And I totally understand how that can bother a lot of people, um, because you know how, like, where did how are, is there is there a clone of everybody, like everybody on the whole planet? How did how did that happen? How how did everybody get cloned? Like what what's I mean no wonder we're trillions of dollars in debt as a I mean everywhere like what's what's what what I get it, I get the frustration with it, so you just kind of have to take it as a you know I mean it's it's whether you're whether or not you're willing to suspend your disbelief, I guess uh, so we'll address it as if, yeah, I can suspend my disbelief uh, so they're all clones, and um you know we, we get to the the final fight. Uh, where Adelaide gets her revenge and kills Red, uh, and then the family is able to escape, and then there's this flashback where we reveal that, uh-oh, Red was actually young Adelaide. Uh, they switched when, when, when Adelaide was a child, and she went into the haunted house uh, and saw the mirror girl. Um, they actually switched places and she was kidnapped and taken, taken down the tunnels to the tunnels and, uh, you know, became a part of the tethered. Uh, yeah, that's, that's terrifying. And then real red (laughs) grew up to be Adelaide and, uh, the person who was killed, uh, was actually young Adelaide. Whoa. Whoa. It's 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 crazy, um, and I think the film kind of tips its hand a few times. But I, I think if you are you know if you're looking for it you're obviously going to see it. I mean if you're if you're looking for a twist. But I feel like the film does it in such a way where you can still enjoy the movie uh, even knowing that twist. But it makes me all the more excited to kind of go back and watch it knowing. How it ends, uh, knowing that we are actually that the reason that Adelaide is afraid is because she knows that that basically justice is coming for her. Uh, I'm sure she just doesn't know to what extent. Uh, but man, it really puts a whole different spin on things. Uh, I think the only one is the, the there are only a few points that I want to talk about. I, I I feel like a lot of other people have already expressed. So many things about us uh, better than I could uh, because I'm not super organized with how I want to talk about this. Uh but yeah, I would definitely look online. Uh Slash Film has a couple of really good articles uh talking about you know what the potential symbolism could be, uh where these these things come from, what these things mean. Uh I, I think they really go pretty deep into it, and it's a really good article. But a couple of things that I just want to talk about. Uh the first thing is something that bothered me at first, just because it was like it had all the nuance of a sledgehammer, but then with the ending, when it when it kind of clicks in with the ending, there are some different reads that I have on it. Uh, at one point, at the house, uh, right when the the tethered break in, and Adelaide asks who they are, uh, Red says we're Americans, uh, and that really. <laughs> When watching it that really hit me like I was like oh man we're, we're not even going subtle this time like we are just full on going for it and it kind of I don't know like I wouldn't say it bothered me but it just was like, it was like it, for some reason that line stuck out like a sore thumb but I think with the ending of the movie and how things actually are um, it, it works a lot better uh, I think there's a sense that if red is actually young Adelaide uh, she has a very different perspective of the world like just a very her 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 thoughts and feelings uh, of the world are kind of naive right I mean if she's the leader of this revolution uh, and her way of kind of getting things across is through hands across America. Uh, you know, she doesn't really have a full understanding of what the world has become. And so kind of by saying that she's an American, like, it doesn't feel as much of like, a, you know, a dig. Like, uh, this is this is Jordan Peele laying it on really thick. It's kind of a young girl who was taken at a young age uh, trying to kind of... Reach out and be like, well, no, we're are you. you, like we're 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 people too, and uh, it bothers me less because of the ending. Um, your, my interpretation of that may be completely different from yours, and I would love to hear what you think about that line. I'm I'm certain that I'm sure it does have to do uh, with kind of the overreaching themes of what. You know, what the grand symbolism of the film could be. It could be an us versus them. You know, it's hard to, like, (laughs) break the whole conflict of the film using the title of the film. But the haves and the have-nots—I've heard that as one one discussion of it. This is a this is a film about class and how you know, if given the opportunity uh, for one of the have-nots to actually have, uh, they could make things of themselves too. We we just are robbing them of the opportunity, and I think that's a grand way of looking at it. Except, why are why why are they getting a murderous rampage on us? I mean, it's just it's it's a horror movie, but. The thing that makes horror so interesting, I'm not even going to use the term elevated horror because I think that really kind of, I think saying elevated horror is trying to make it feel more important, Uh, but I think if you just say horror films and you look at the horror genre as a whole, uh, horror films have been smart for a long ass time. And to kind of disrespect them by pointing out a few movies as elevated horror movies and the other movies aren't on that level, I think that's a huge knock to a bunch of great movies that have already come. Uh, so I'm in that bandwagon of saying that, you know, elevated horror uh, is a slap in the face to horror films. And, uh, uh, these movies, these, these great horror films that have come along over the last several years, they didn't save horror because horror didn't need saving. It's always been, it's always been all right. So just kind of watch it with that. The other things I want to talk about really are super brief. They're just really like, oh, yeah, I like that. Um, I I, uh, I think I'm bringing this up uh, because my girlfriend made it very fresh in my head. Um, I really enjoyed the vocal choice of uh, Lupita Nyong'o as Red. Uh, she did a lot of research on this condition that now is uh, escaping my brain, but it's an actual condition where the vocal, you know, your, your voice changes. And, you know, if she hasn't been speaking for a long amount of time because she's been trying to, you know, blend in as, you know, a member of the tethered, you know, she's not going to talk. And so that's going to make it so that her voice is going to sound radically different, uh, than, you know, the, the Adelaide version. Uh, but also taking into account that when she was a child, she was strangled by this, this mirror version, this, this, the tethered version of herself, um, and probably had her vocal cords damaged by that strangle, uh, I think that's going to have an impact on it, too. I just think that the the choice of Lupita Nyango, just the choice of Lupita Nyango in, in general, uh, she is just phenomenal in this movie. Um, it is really cool when an actor can take on dual roles and just completely establish them as... Uh, separate beings. I think the whole cast uh, does a really good job of this. Uh, But there are things that that, uh, Lupita Nyong'o does in her movement. Like, there are some sequences where, as Reg, it's like she floats across the floor with her movement. Um, And it's, incredible to watch Uh, and i say that this is this this sounds super pretentious and i'm sorry for that but i say that as someone who took uh, a couple of movement classes uh in college i if you don't know very well don't know me very well uh i do have a a very expensive piece of paper that says that i know how to do theater stuff so (laughs) i i i'm an actor i have an acting degree so that's cool (laughs) (laughs) I'm using it really well. Uh, But yeah, I I took some classes uh, where basically we learned that the movement... Uh We have to change the movement of our body uh, to fit the character. The character is more than just a vocal delivery. Uh, it's how you position your body. It's how you move. It, it requires so much of you to find this character. And there are some sequences in this movie where she establishes so much uh, difference, so many differences between these two characters all in the way that she moves. There's one scene in particular, I think it's in the house, where... I, I feel like they—they they kind of get away from the fam. The 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 real family gets away from the tethered family, and Red starts to move through the house. And it's like she walks up these stairs and just kind of floats through the hallway. It's incredible. Like it's just such a small thing but those little touches are kind of what flesh out this character so well. Uh yeah, I I love that the the the, the whole choice of the the separation of the two characters uh, from the Lupita Nyong'o. Uh Winston Duke is the same way. Like Winston Duke he, I I loved him in Black Panther. I I loved M'Baku. Uh I think he was awesome. Uh watching him here is kind of this cool <laughs> you know, uh, in my eyes a cool dad that probably really embarrasses the hell out of his kids just because he's so funny and so stupid. (laughs) But I really enjoyed his character, uh, as, um, oh shoot, Gabe, right? Right. I think it's Gabe. Uh, you know, I, I enjoyed the dad Gabe. Uh, and then when he becomes Abraham, uh, man, like he, it's, it's night and day how he went from just this really like you know, happy-go-lucky, like, fun character to just brutal and and guttural and just raw. Like, it, it, he's very—the it, 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 the way all of these tethered characters are is they're very dumb. Like, they just—they feel very dumb. Like, that they're just—like, it, it, they say in the film that the bodies are the same. Uh, two bodies but only one soul. And these these tethered are kind of missing the souls. And their movements that they don't talk. Uh they they really only react gutter you know, gutturally. Uh and man, just the Winston Duke is just just a monster. <laughs> like just watching him as as uh uh Abraham, yeah, he is just he's scary. But the, the distinction of the two characters that he plays, it's awesome. Like, I want to see him do more, and I want to see him do comedies, because he is so funny. Uh, yeah, I, I love this cast. I think this cast is just fantastic. Um, the very last thing, and it's, I'm already, I think I'm forgetting it. Uh, oh, yeah, the last thing I want to talk about, uh, is the final fight in the film. Uh, one of my friends from middle school, uh, and like the first year of high school. And then he moved Charles. I don't know where, I don't remember where he went. I think he went to Maryland, but yeah, you left, you left, man. You were my buddy and you left me. Uh, but yeah, he was, we were talking because he did, not, he did not like this one as much as uh, I did, uh, but he, he asked me you know, how I felt about the interpretive dance fight scene, and I actually really liked it. I feel like uh, the fight isn't so much a dance. There's a dance there there's a dance happening, it's happening through flashbacks, uh, but the, the fight is its own separate beast, but we're kind of looking at as it is a dance, and another thing from an acting perspective is that when you learn a fight scene, it's all very choreographed, it's, it's this, you know, the, the fighting is, there's as much movement involved as there is, you know, physicality and, and trying to strike and, and avoid being struck, uh, I, I I really liked it and it's it, it was such a cool sequence and I loved the music. Uh you know, them them playing I've got five on it in so many different ways in this movie was just awesome. Uh yeah. Like I I really dug it and uh I, I mean it's hard to kind of uh latch any symbolism to, but I think the the thing here too is that um you know, we're, we're, we're kind of left wondering, you know, who is it that's doing the dancing? Was this, was this dance from, and this, you know, forgive me if I'm way off on this, but was this dance for when uh, Adelaide, real Adelaide was still there? Or was this when uh, Red was uh, as an imposter as Adelaide doing the dance? And, uh, you know, we're, we're just kind of getting this whole this whole sequence is just a lot of fun to watch for me. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I, I really like that fight scene. And it's kind of, uh, you know, are they controlling each other too? Like, is that happening? Because, you know, the, the, the people above ground are kind of controlling the movements of the tethered. And the tethered have to act out what's happening. Uh, so it's like, is is the whole fight scene an issue of control? And, and one person's controlling the other? Or is it trying to struggle to break that control? Uh, really interesting stuff, if you put some thought into it. But yeah, I liked it being, uh, intercut with the actual dance scene from when one of the girls was younger. Uh, very last thing, and then we'll sign off for today. Um, if you've seen Us, I would like you to go back and take a look at the poster. Uh, because it is a really cool poster on its own, but look at the poster now. And I feel like the poster is... A huge spoiler for the movie. Like, it is. I mean, you know, you've got the concept of doubles and stuff like that, but it is a picture of Red, uh, holding an Adelaide mask in front of her face or like, you know, off, off of her face. And that's, that's the end of the movie is that really, uh, Adelaide or Red has been Adelaide the whole time like or you know the the tethered version of Adelaide has been Adelaide this whole time and that's the version that's that's featured on the poster I think it's really interesting. It makes me really like this poster even more. Uh, yeah. I mean, just, just give it a look and tell me if you think I'm way off base on that or if you think that's, that sounds accurate. Anything, anything I've said. If you think I'm just completely ridiculous on this one, uh, please shoot me an email at that dude digsflicks at gmail.com. Uh, like I said, I really enjoyed this movie. Uh, I, I still, even though I enjoyed it, I've, I've given it three and a half tacos. Um, it's one that I feel like when I go back and see it again, I will certainly up that taco rating, uh, just because of how much I've how much thought I've I've given this movie since I've seen it, how many articles I've read about it, and yet you can make the argument that if you really need to think about a movie afterwards uh, to make it click, that maybe it's not quite doing its job. But I would argue that at the same time that pieces of art that make you think, um, that kind of challenge you and challenge your perspective, uh, those are often some of the strongest pieces of art. Uh, so yeah, like I said, I really like this. I give it three and a half tacos. I'll probably up it the more that I watch it. Um, if you have any questions, comments, concerns about that, shoot me an email to FatDudeDigsFlicks at gmail.com. Uh, you can follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Fat Dude Digs Uh Just give a search for that. I'm also on the Twitter at Fat Dude Flicks, uh and Letterboxd at Fat Dude Um I have YouTube videos up. I also have a question for you about my YouTube videos. Uh, recently, I just posted one that was kind of uh insulting <laughs> I, w- I would say uh but it's it's genuine it's it's coming from the heart and basically what i'm trying to do is just recommend other movies um, but I, I'm curious if you think that maybe this is a route to go uh, with some of my YouTube videos. Do five movies to watch other than such and such. and I will gladly do it like I, I would. I mean I'm, I try not to be super negative and I feel like if I go this direction, uh, it is very negative and that's not necessarily what I'm about. I have other ideas for videos anyway, uh, but if you know if that's something that appeals to you, I have a couple of other movies that I've been thinking about that I could do this treatment over. Uh, so again uh you know shoot me an email on that you can comment on the posts but definitely go to go to YouTube and watch my videos uh you can if you have not already subscribed to this podcast please do so uh leave a review leave a rating uh whatever you can do to uh push this podcast further into the stratosphere uh i would love it if people would listen to it uh also please give a give a look out for the folks at Backlot 605 on Facebook uh and Mid- west movie talk on facebook uh these these people are awesome like it's it's so cool to kind of have a, a community of movie geeks out there that we can just sit and talk about movies uh follow the sioux falls film community on facebook as well if you are local and want to you know have a community of your own where we can you know just chat about movies for hours on end Uh, I don't think I have anything else to plug. If you want to shoot a donation or a recommendation, uh, please do so to FatDudeDigsFlicks at gmail.com. That's going to do it for this episode of Fat Dude Digs Flicks. Thank you so much, and have a wonderful rest of your week. Thank you for listening to Fat Dude Digs Flicks.